Hello, everybody, and welcome to this bonus episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 134 with Julia Rogers. Uh, a very awesome conversation exploring gap years and how they can work in uh, to every student's academic journey to provide a really great outcome. So uh, we cover a lot of ground. I was really uh, proud of uh, everything that we were able to discuss and get into some uh, nooks and crannies when it comes to gap years and dispelling some myths. So yeah, it was really uh, a pleasant conversation. Uh, some good resources shared by Julia as well. She has a wealth of information uh, herself, so definitely connect with her to keep the conversation going. Uh, so appreciative of uh, her time here. Um, and as always, go check out our merch store. Uh, great way to support the show. Some cool stuff there. Uh, some folks uh, uh, were showing me the cool things they got recently, which uh, is always nice to see. So feel free to uh, share out photos, tag uh, us here at Higher Ed Geek uh, to see what you got. And uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode, a bonus episode number 134 with Julie Rogers. All right. For this episode, we are exploring yet another uncharted territory of uh, the whole high red world that we've uh, uh, not gotten to have quality time with, uh, and that is gap years. And we have someone who has uh, many years of experience working uh, in this area. So super excited, and we'll get right to it. Uh, Julie, we'll start out as we always do. If you want to introduce yourself and give a brief overview of your professional journey and how you got to be where you are today. Sure. And thank you so much for having me, Dustin. So my name is Julia Rogers. I am a professional gap year counselor. Yes, that is a profession. Um, and I, you know, live and breathe the gap year option and um, how it dovetails into higher ed and how it um, how we can use a gap year to our advantage in creating more engaged global citizens who are better prepared for their college and professional journeys later on in life. So um, as one might expect, I you know, was heavily influenced in my younger years through a gap year experience, which is how I got into this work. I was a Jan admit first to Hamilton College and was able to spend my first semester of college in London. But my what I would consider my more formative gap year experience was after college when I spent almost a year in Tanzania doing public health outreach as part of a nonprofit uh, that was working on HIV AIDS mitigation and prevention in rural areas of, of Tanzania. So it's incredibly profound, informative journey, but also made me think about, think back to my higher education experience and think about how, if I'd had a gap year like that before college, how it would have completely changed my college experience. And that was what kind of set me on my professional journey to helping others explore a gap year option and, and guiding them through that process of planning and executing one. Yeah, I mean, it's something I have personally no exposure to. And uh, so like it's I'm coming in as I think the layman here, I'll be really excited to hear uh, more about the work that you're doing and its impact on students. And, you know, I've, I've known of it. And I think uh, recently, it certainly uh, garnered a lot more focus, uh, given certain students choice to maybe uh, put off their studies when it wasn't going to be what they expected. You know, they were expecting a in-person experience and that being mm. uh, interrupted by the pandemic. So um, we'll get to all of that. But if you want to just explain briefly, because I know you kind of have a uh, kind of a diverse uh, sort of array of things that you do with uh, Enroute, uh, the organization that you founded that, you know, you do all this work uh, through. So I guess kind of uh, do it all together to make sure people kind of have the common understanding of kind of explaining a bit about what your organization does and how do you define exactly what a gap year is? Exactly. So I think it'd probably be most useful to start with the gap year definition. So yes, yes. a gap year is really a, an intentional period of personal growth aided by activities of enrichment that is typically taken as a, um, as a formative experience either after high school, 
during higher education or between higher education and the workforce or grad school. So basically, I guess that is to say that you can take gap time at any time. You know, there's obviously an, another kind of sub movement of people taking mid-career gap time or post-career gap time as well. But it's really a, this choice that one makes to say, hey, I want to learn outside the classroom or I want to experience the world in a new way through different types of activities where I'm really following my curiosity with different goals. You know, I think that a lot of high school students start their college journey with the fixed mindset of getting into school. And that's kind of the end goal. And a gap year really tries to untangle that and, and look for more motivations, allow students to explore without, um, without kind of the end goal being, you know, arriving someplace. It's more about, it's more exploratory and experiential in that way. And what I do at En Route is to really help, uh, tease out a student's goals and, and intentions for their gap time and then help match them with the kinds of opportunities and experiences that are really going to help customize that experience. I think that's one of the biggest um, myths about a gap year is that it's one type of thing. You know, a lot of people associate a gap year with backpacking through Europe or going to Southeast Asia to like a full moon beach party. And I have mm -hmm. to, you know, say that it's so much more nuanced and, and broader than those kinds of narrow ideas that we might have about what a gap year is. Um, a gap year is really a self-designed uh, experience that can contain structured programs like outdoor education experiences where you're backpacking in the Colorado Rockies or, you know, doing a, you know, art history program in Europe, but it can also be a completely self-designed experience where you're taking a road trip or working in a national park or learning Mandarin in your in your childhood bedroom. You know, there's no real um, confined definition beyond that it has to be intentional. You have to be kind of stretching your your curiosity and your comfort zone. And there should be some anchors or goals attached to your period of time. Yeah. And I'm sure some people already are like, oh, wait, you could do it at any time. Like, I think the traditional <laughs> gap year is, yeah, the person who backpacks through Europe, uh, either like before or after college or something as just like this self-discovery thing. And, you know, they wouldn't even probably describe it that way. It would just be like, oh, I want a break or just to go have fun or do whatever. But like, you could do that and do it in a, uh, like you're saying, like a really intentional way to, to learn and grow and, um, you know, be able to speak about it in a way that could help you towards whatever other goals you might have. So, um, yeah. Right. Really, uh, a gap really year is kind stuff. of, it's yeah. kind of the anecdote to whatever ails you. So, you know, so many different people are taking gap time for different reasons. Sometimes it is like a healing or a self-discovery gap year. Other times it's a professional journey or career discovery gap year. Other times it's, you know, they need to um, develop soft skills or other types of skills that are going to help them succeed in college. So, that's that's kind of the beauty of it is that it kind of you can customize it and personalize it so much to whatever you need that um, it really can produce just about any result that you require. Yeah. Um, well, I guess uh, I always like to give it a shout out as a, a fellow podcaster. I know you podcast as well. I want to get a you know sort of a signal boost here. I guess is part of what you're doing, sort of advocating this work and sort of you know kind of immersing yourself in uh, the community and you know other people that are. Uh, working and everything. Do, do you want to just talk, I guess, briefly about that? And then we'll get to some of my other questions. Sure. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to, to give a shout out to Gap Your Radio, available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Um, mm -hmm. And my co-host, Margot and I, who is a Gap Year program director for a program called Adventures Cross Country, she and I really seek out different types of Gap Year stories. So we, pr we focus on Gap Year alums 
who have done interesting things on their gap year. It doesn't have to be the most exotic or unique thing, but just to really showcase through the podcast the breadth of experiences that a gap year can represent and also offer an opportunity to elevate diverse voices in the gap year space as well. So it's a great, even just like scrolling through our archive is a great way to see what you can do on a gap year. So that's a great you know, shortcut if you're wondering what different type of gap year experiences can be. But those conversations are always so inspiring to me because they're usually not my own students, not my own clients. I I try to seek out other people who have just different stories to share. Um, And it's a combination of people who've done their own independent experiences on their gap year and then students who've also done different types of programs. So it's it's really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, always love to see uh, more great podcasts out there. So uh, for sure. good on you for, for doing that work and sharing those stories. And I think it, you know, it helps to have it not just be like, because I think you could, you know, anybody doing this work like uh, you are, like they could just be, you know, just sort of like spitballing of like, yeah, I don't know, you could do like these things or that things. But like, yeah, like through your clients, through these stories and all these people, you can tangibly be like, I know a person who literally did that. And this is how they did it. And this is how, you know, it fit into their path and everything. Like, it just makes it so uh, kind of visceral in a way, you know, and that allows people to really you know, maybe like follow up with that person and be like, Hey, I'd be really interested in doing something similar that you did, you know, like those sort of things. So, um, that's so great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess then it really put a finer point on it. I think you're kind of getting at it and, you know, spoken to it already, but like what makes gap years an important option for students to consider? Cause again, I, I think some students, again, there's like, you know, those kind of, uh, stereotypical ideas of what it is or isn't. And that might be, you know, they might feel unattainable or sort of irrelevant to certain people. But, mm. you know, in the ways that you've described it, obviously, it can be hugely impactful for a great number of students. So like, just what what do you think really, you know, kind of the core of it makes these sort of gap year experiences so important for students? Right. Well, one of the things I, I loved when I was reading through your website is you kind of bullet pointed out everything that I share a philosophy on when it comes to higher education. You know, it's it's this incredible experience that's a finite amount of time that a student really needs to walk into knowing what they want to get out of it. And it's too expensive nowadays to kind of go and discover yourself and go in without any intentions about what you want to do or what how you want to use this time. And so a gap year is really an opportunity for a student to do that kind of work, but outside of the classroom so that when they do decide to arrive at college or a different type of higher education opportunity, because we need to leave room for that, right? Vocational school, community college, military, straight to Mm -hmm. career, you know, there's so many other options and paths that students can take that we need to really allow a student to, to that time to explore really what their choice is going to be. So I think that's really the promise of a gap year is to allow a student to land where they're meant to land with the self confidence and intention of being there, you know, fully. And uh, I think that the other thing that I find is that because students have so many different reasons for taking a gap year, it can really suit itself to different types of students. So, you know, I definitely work with students who are these high performers, high test score, high GPA kind of kids who are off to elite schools, and they're totally burnt out. And they really do need to take a gap year where they learn how to balance uh, their time and they learn how to discover other things and they learn about um, just the, that light, those life skills around how to live a life that's, that's true to you. And that doesn't have just all these goals and numbers and bells and whistles attached to it. Whereas then there's other students who completely lack motivation and they, they struggle with failure to launch issues and they need a kind of gap year that's structured and supported and helps them develop that kind of self-motivation that gets them to where they need to be. Um, 
there's lots of students who have struggled inside the classroom that need to learn experientially so they can develop a, a different type of internal compass or motivation that helps them understand why they're going to college or other types of higher ed so they can get to that goal that they now have. So isolating out why a student is taking a gap year is really important to figuring out the type of gap year that they're going to have. But I think that it's safe to say that a gap year can benefit just about anybody who's willing to engage in the process and help basically get a better return on the college investment. I think that's my that's my biggest way to sell the gap year option is that we are not seeing the kinds of statistics that we want to see when it comes to higher ed. You know, we see this 36% dropout rate after freshman year, kids taking six years to graduate with their bachelor's degree, you know, how many trillions of dollars in student loan debt. You know, we have a lot of issues in higher ed and a gap year is an opportunity to address some of those issues, not all of them, but it's something that it in, that you can do on the individual level to help get a better return on your college investment. Yeah. Well, and I think just to, you know, emphasize and bold and underline what you said before, like it can really be this sort of elixir, this antidote for, you know, whatever you feel like. I get my brain is sort of like, you know, it being a gap year and then it also it can fill in the gaps of, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you know, whatever you're studying and everything. And yeah, I think it is like there's like this sort of, you know, kind of momentum that people just sort of coast on, you know, like you mm -hmm. said, like from high school into college. And then like hey, you spend six years and you're just like, well, I just need to get this done and just do it and whatever. It's I majored and who knows what and, you know, this and that. But um yeah, like it can kind of layer in and sort of embed and sort of synthesize and augment and all these kind of like flashy, I guess, like uh, action verbs I'm thinking of. But because <laughs> um, like and I'm even like I'm just ref reflecting on when, when you're talking, I'm like, geez, yeah, you know what? I think I went into college like not knowing anything about what I wanted to do. And I feel like I sort of stumbled in, you know, and I'm very grateful to, you know, kind of the way that it happened for me to get into higher ed and understand like, wow, I, I got as much as I did out of a very like unintentional sort of experience. And I, you know, I reflect back and I'm like, oh, I wish I, yeah, studied abroad. I wish I, you know, uh, lived on campus for for longer, like I commuted for a period of time and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, there's just like so much. And it is the idea if you're really thoughtful ahead of time, it's like, yeah, you're going to the right place, studying the right thing and the right modality. And like, you know, uh, yeah, just doing all the right things while you're there, because there's there's so many privileges and luxuries that you get while you are a student, but it is it's a finite time. And then you've got the rest of your life and, you know, it can be hard and certainly you can, you know, go back uh, to study again. But I think there's kind of a crucial time. You know, there's obviously like a reason why many people probably don't like go back for like a second bachelor's or different thing. Like you're going to maybe go for a different credential and, mm -hmm. and you're sort of just kind of ebbing and flowing back into sort of student status and, you know, getting into sort of different networks and groups of people. But I guess something I'm curious about, because it's something that's garnered a lot of attention lately, um, just as like personal curiosity. Have you seen people taking gap years to do things that are like boot camps or all of these other sort of like adjacent kind of short term uh, credentials and things that are mm. out there? Like is if somebody has that kind of clear idea, the idea of like, okay, if I can take this time to get towards where I want to be, um, that's like a good use of the time after high school or, you know, after college or something. I don't know if you've, if you've seen that sort of phenomenon kind of factoring into your work. Yeah, definitely. Um, there was actually a really impressive group of students who gathered on LinkedIn and then created a, a different type of platform website to kind of start talking about um, tech related gap years and STEM related gap years and building out their own 
different types of opportunities around those things. So getting really great, you know, venture capital internships and, you know, doing coding boot camps and really starting to dive really deep into career development as during their gap time. A lot of these students were going to be off to pretty good schools. They had a lot of motivation. They were taking a COVID gap year because they didn't want to learn they didn't want to do college online. And so they really leveraged their interests and kind of had that kind of, you know, laser focus on the types of things and the types of experiences they wanted to get out of it. So that's definitely something I saw a lot of this past year. And it is something that I think is just gaining traction in general. We know that higher ed is, is shifting and changing in so many ways. And I think that there are a lot of students who are using gap time to say, hey, do I need to go to a four-year school or can I build out my resume through a series of credentials plus these experiences I'm having on my gap year. So there's a lot of students who there's a whole kind of, you know, questioning the value that they're getting if they are in a position where they need to be self-funding their higher ed experience, um, where where credentials are going to be a big part of that too. So for sure. Hmm. Interesting. I guess the only, the other thing, because I kind of want to like ask these pointedly, because it's starting to get to kind of, kind of my next question, but um, something else like pointedly is like, do you imagine, and I don't know if you, maybe you've, done this or thought about this or whatever, but, um, that idea of like that, that, uh, statistic that you mentioned, like, you know, seeing students stopping out after, uh, their first year. And then there's certainly a lot of students out there that, uh, have stopped out at any given point and just like mm-hmm. have some college, but no credential and that sort of thing. Would you see this like in a perfect world also being like kind of a strategic intervention for an institution to try to engage their stopout students to like, you know, the idea would be, and I guess it's maybe too nebulous to maybe be something um you know that any institution might do unless they're being really innovative but that idea of like okay we we know who the students are that have taken leave of absence you know and maybe as they're embarking on that leave we could intervene and have them consider like well how are you going to spend this time that you are not actively enrolled in courses to then you know either better prepare you to come back or figure out what's going to be a better fit for you and that sort of thing. Would you imagine that that would be something that like, it just came to my mind, I guess, because the, the idea of like being able to engage stop out students and everything is, I think, just increasingly becoming important. So I, I don't know how you see a that idea. Yeah. I love that idea, Dustin, <laughs> because I think I, I see a lot of my probably 25% of my students are students who are taking a pause during their college experience to kind of mm. reevaluate what what they're doing there. And so I think that if an institution can pinpoint those students and identify their motivations, you know, I do know a lot of our, you know, first generation college students or other students who are dealing with financial implications of their college experience. Some of them are taking gap time for purely financial reasons, and we need to figure out ways to address that. And and the gap year movement is also figuring out ways to address, you know, equity and access so that we can you know, that we can extend this amazing option to as many students as possible so they can all benefit from it. So I think that 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 idea of institutions playing a role in advocating and encouraging gap time is really great because the the colleges that have um, are seeing some really great results. You know, you know, a lot of people know about Harvard and Harvard has the name recognition and the cachet that they can do whatever they want. And they've been encouraging gap years uh, for for 20 years now. And they actively even say it in their admissions letter, you know, hey, if you want to take a gap year, just, you know, sign on the dotted line with your deferral and have a good year and we'll see you next year. Um, Other colleges like uh, Duke and UNC Chapel Hill 
have gap year grants that they give to their accepted students. Um, so they kind of have they they kind of bake it into a deferral process, and they say, "Hey, here's mm-hmm. a here's a bunch of money for you to go and do something intentional on your gap year." And it's there, it's part of a program. So that's more of a first year um, opportunity. And Tufts has a has a program called One Plus Four, which is a similar c- kind of option. And what they see is is higher retention with their student body who takes gap time, higher GPAs. Um, these are all kinds of statistics that they they see some really positive benefits of encouraging gap years with their incoming freshmen. But I imagine that they would see similar retention if they allowed a student to explore and come back refreshed as well. Yeah, because I guess it's one of those things where like I'm like sort of, you know, doing like the mind explodey sort of like, you know, <laughs> like sort of get thinking really just like out of the box of like mm. the idea, because I'm sure many institutions would think like, well, why would we ever encourage a student to like defer and like maybe not even end up coming here? Like if they deposited and like, you know, they're intending to start right now, they need to start right now and get going. You know, like I would think that some institutions have like an antagonistic relationship with the notion of like encouraging a student, you know, a prospective student or any student to like, you know, take a year off or something like they'd be like, no, we'd never do that. That's absurd. Like, you know, they'd have all their reasons. But um, I think it, it's like if you sort of click into a different perspective, it could be, uh, you know, not not so bad of a strategy, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, and there are a lot of private institutions and public ones that do that are deferral positive or deferral friendly for for students who want to take gap time, but they don't necessarily advocate for it. It's kind of some it's hidden deep in the website. Hey, if you want to defer, you know, here's the process. And I think that there is that fear of and it's understandable with all that all the disruption that's going on right now that that they want to know their numbers and they want that kind of certainty. And I think that uh, that gap gap programming and or the idea of a gap year done well can actually benefit you know those numbers because if you are mm-hmm. allowing students to defer with strings attached you know a lot of a lot of colleges say we're happy to see you next year don't take any classes don't try to transfer any credit um then you know you know we they will have those kind of set numbers with a little bit of attrition but most of the students who defer from an institution are committed and they end up showing up there the following year I'm sure that is uh, reassuring for many people to hear. Yes. Uh, they were like, maybe we should do that. Oh, I don't know. Um, so I don't have yeah, the statistics great. for each school, but that's so that's anecdotal. Right. I have to admit, but that's that from what I see with my students who are committed to schools, very few, uh, you know, release themselves from their deferral commitment. And if they do, they do it, you know, in the fall if they're trying to reapply to other schools or something like that. The school has a lot of notice. It's not they don't. I don't see a lot of students doing that last minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it has to be like what you're saying. It's kind of refreshing for an institution to be like, if you want that time, you can have it. Like, we'll be here when you're ready kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously they don't have like all the time in the world. But, you know, a year is a long time and also not like, it, you know, it could blow by. But if you're really strategic about it, it can be, you know, very, uh, you know, be time well spent for a student to, uh, you know, they might, they might come in and be like, I know what I want to major in. I know exactly, you know, like they just needed that time and. Uh, otherwise, they would have been like undecided and sort of just, you know, hemming and hawing, uh, you know, their way through their first year at, at college. So um, so all of this kind of building towards, I think, you know, I'm acknowledging some kind of current trends and everything. Anything else? Because like I said, I imagine you've maybe garnered a little bit more interest in gap years over like the past academic year as yeah, there was sort of these uh, kind of emergency immediate shifts to remote learning. And that's not what every student was looking for necessarily. Mm. Um, so anything else that you'd want to note just in terms of like how your work has changed over the course of this past academic year? Sure. Well, I think that 
this past year has been my busiest year of the past 13 years of me doing this work. Mm. So it definitely, I think that last year, especially July of 2020 was absolutely nuts because pro, you know, that's when colleges were releasing their plans and officially saying, Hey, we're going online for the fall. And a lot of incoming freshmen and, and other, you know, levels of, of, of students were saying, uh, no, thank you. So that my phone was ringing off the hook. I had a lot of late coming students and, you know, the perception even in my, you know, people who know what I do and stuff, they, they say, you know, oh, you know, how, did, were your students even able to do anything last year? Like what, what went on, you know, with the gap year in COVID? And the answer was that students had such incredible years and were able to do way more than people might think because a lot of gap year programs, you know, even the ones that, that, went inter- that typically go international um, and do trips or do service learning projects, a lot of them actually just switched and pivoted to doing domestic options. So a lot of students were still able to do programs, whether they were, you know, outdoor programs, learning, you know, outdoor skills like backpacking, rock climbing, et cetera, or doing service projects where they were building trails in our national parks or helping scientists collect data off, you know, on Orcas Island off the coast of Washington state. Um, but then I, you know, as the year progressed, we actually saw students able to travel a little bit more to places like Western Europe. I had students who went to Israel, South Africa, the Bahamas, Costa Rica. So, um, you know, while a lot of students did stay closer to home than than we typically might think, and obviously the number of countries on offer was severely diminished, there was still some ability to move around and do some really cool experiences. Um, so I was really, really happy with that that outcome of of COVID gapping. Um, and many more students who took gap time, like I said before, you know, they, they got creative and they just designed their own gap time. And the students who I've talked to who've done that kind of stuff have had equally profound and, you know, positive experiences this past year. Yeah. Well, and I think too, just like, I'm sure we're just going to enter into a different phase of like more students have done things like this. And then mm-hmm. there's going to be more word of mouth about like, you know, uh, considering it and doing it and, uh, how it fits into, any student's uh, educational journey. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's really great to hear. And I think, um, you know, we've talked a lot about how this does fit into uh, a student's journey, you know, at any time, and then how potentially it could fit into an uh, institution's strategy to engage their students. Mm-hmm. Um, what other advice just generally, I guess, would you give to hired professionals to maybe, you know, kind of wash away any residue of like, <laughs> you know, misunderstandings about like gap years or how to, you know, potentially advocate and advise their students to consider them? Yeah, I would first say, you know, don't fear it or at least unpack why you're afraid of encouraging gap time, because I think that a lot of it is mythical, um, because really what we what the data shows we through surveys and what we know from institutional data from places like Middlebury and Harvard that are collecting data on gap time. We do know that students arrive on campus after gap time more prepared, more confident, more ready to be engaged on campus with more sense of what they want to study. Who doesn't want that? So I think that we need to, I think that institutions could really play a role in normalizing the gap year option and using it to their advantage because there is that evidence to suggest that it could help with the, with what ails um, institutions of higher learning in this moment. Um, And I think that the other, um, what I would suggest you do also is depending on where in higher ed you're working, but if you are on the institution side Uh, collecting data, finding out who is taking gap time that's coming into campus, or if they take a leave of absence, if they, if they kind of characterize that as a gap year, because that would also help people understand what they're doing with this time, what they, um, 
benefits are to to encouraging students to take this time. And lastly, I would consider I would encourage people to create community for gap year students in the same way that, you know, some of the study abroad offices have, you know, study abroad clubs or ways for students to come back on campus after those experiences to kind of find each other and have a community of people who've had similar experiences. Gap year students who are freshmen really need that too. So a lot of colleges are starting gap year clubs where students can kind of have that community and share those experiences. And they also then that community also can talk to incoming freshmen or, or potential students about those experiences and kind of it's like a little feedback loop. So those are just a couple things. But I would say that, you know, don't be afraid. <laughs> Come towards the light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, and I think too, just the advocating for like community building, you know, for these students, I think such a smart piece of advice, because that's honestly, I just think one of the like unique benefits of a college community is, like, you know, you are a part of this uh, shared affinity and uh, colleges can really help bring these students together that have the shared experiences and everything. And, you know, otherwise, when you're kind of out uh as a working adult and stuff, it can be a little bit harder to find, you know, those communities and everything. So if you really like foster those bonds while, uh, you know, it may be a little bit easier to do is definitely, uh, yeah, definitely good advice. Definitely. So, and uh, a lot of times gap year yeah, students ahead. kind of know where to find other types of affinity groups or communities just thanks to their gap year. Like I'm thinking of a student who a couple years ago I worked with who spent her entire gap year in Bali. She spent about 10 months there teaching in a school so she, when she started school in California, she actually joined the Indonesian Language Club, which there was one on her campus, luckily enough. And so that was like a way for her to keep her gap year experience very much alive. And in the years since, she's fundraised for the schools that she used to work at and done a lot of other things with her Indonesian friends at school that she met. So there's so many resources that a, a campus community already has that gap year students will kind of want to engage with. And that's one of those, I guess, points of of positive um around a gap year is that you know uh motivation to engage those resources right yeah um yeah the students can like bring something back that gives uh uh gives a little something more to the campus community um, sure so uh yeah i mean i know obviously like you're a rich hub of resources information <laughs> for folks so we'll definitely be uh, linking out to uh, all of your stuff in the show notes for this episode, but um, anything else? I mean, even just like generally like books, podcasts, articles, things that have been like grabbing your attention, you know, if it's just kind of broadly like higher ed or education related or uh, anything else. I know it's kind of a uh, interesting time on the international stage and uh, different things like that. But uh, yeah, anything you want to share that we could include in the show notes as well? Definitely. Yeah, I would say that a great um, place to land if you're interested in learning more about gap years is uh, the, the National Association. So it's called uh, Gap Year Association, uh, gapyearassociation.org. And it's a nonprofit 501c3 kind of a, a membership association that, you know, includes uh, gap year counselors like myself and uh, also gap year programs and higher ed professionals and colleges. So a college can actually become an official gap year association accredited college. And the benefit of that is kind of it's another point of, um, affinity with the gap year space. And um, there's also kind of obviously um, some we can you can draw students from that from that community as well. But it's also just kind of a um, kind of sticking a flag in the sand saying like we approve of gap years. Um, but for, you know, individuals, there's also uh, the gap year association has loads of information on the website. And they're also doing some professional development opportunities this fall um, for, you know, um, for example, independent educational consultants who want to beef up or their gap year knowledge or 
high school counselors who want to beef up their gap year knowledge. They're doing a counselor institute, and um, they and they also have an annual conference in November that's virtual this year. So those are great ways to kind of dip your toes into the gap year space in a more professional way. Um, and then also, if you're in the admissions office. Uh, the Colorado Consortium for Gap Year Research, which is run by Bob Claggett, formerly of uh, Middlebury College Admissions, he is the he's kind of our guru for collecting gap year data, and he has uh, um, maybe fifteen or sixteen membership institutions right now that are collecting gap year data, and he's going to gather that all up and and produce some pretty pretty interesting findings over the next few years. And so we're really encouraging institutions of higher learning to join his tribe and start sharing data so that we can really understand the benefits of gap time and how those benefits last all four years of college. Yeah. Awesome resources. I appreciate you uh, sharing those. And then uh, as we wrap up, we always like to end on a final thought or call to action on this topic just to uh, wrap everything up. Sure. Um, Call to action. I would say, um, let's see. I would say get in touch with me if you have any questions about gap time or need any, need to be pointed to any resources. I love being a connector. So you can email me at julia at onroutegapyear.com or you can find me on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram, which is at onroutegapyear. So I would say like, come come find me and say hello. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a great call to action. Is uh, <laughs> you know, I just love you know if people kind of keep the conversation going uh, if they're so inclined and uh, certainly peruse all the resources and uh, yeah, just ask uh, questions about everything that we've uh, talked about and everything that we've shared and everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is super informative for me. Um, I mean, my, my brain's kind of going on like all those things about, uh, you know, innovative ways that, uh, institutions could use this to, uh, better engage their students. And, um, yeah, hopefully other folks have learned something as well, but, uh, thank you so much, Julia, for, for hanging out and sharing all that you did. And, uh, again, we'll have ways to connect with you and everything that you do down in the show notes, but, uh, yeah, just thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Dustin. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.